You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. at 330 South Market Street. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Hyatt. As it was, coincidentally, right as B.C. came to a close and A.D. came to pass, Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph in a warm, cozy stable. And angels appeared to some shepherds and proclaimed, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. But the shepherds were sore afraid. Nevertheless, said shepherds scurried off to visit the newborn baby, and they found him dressed in swaddling clothes. So they fell down and worshipped him, giving glory to God. Meanwhile, some wise men saw yonder star. I'll get it soon. And they followed it from yonder straight to Bethlehem. Are we there yet? They brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they fell down and worshipped the baby. But that was just the beginning. Then came Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. Actually, I prefer Kris Kringle. And flying mammals. And presents, and Christmas trees, and lights, and candy, and stockings, and penguins at the North Pole. Are the, the penguins? Sorry, where was I? Flightless birds. Right, thank you. And a partridge, and a pear tree, and more presents, and wrapping paper, and TV Christmas specials, and, and shopping. And before Christmas sales, and traffic, and after Christmas sales, and the church pageant, and caroling, and, and long lines at the mall, and overbaking the turkey, and grandma's jello fruit cake, and, and snowmen. This is stressing me out. I think I'm going crazy. Why are we doing all this? Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. Luke 1:68. Christmas is about Jesus.
I want to share about the gift of joy. Joy. I mean, think about what would really make you happy, and then what is joy? Joy is different than happiness. And when you come to the Christmas season, some of you think, if only I had this, I would be joyful, but maybe you'd be happy. Some things that make you happy if you're a kid is maybe that special toy. So I don't want to focus on what the number one toys are because then the kids will like drift off thinking about, oh, I really want that toy, or I saw that toy and I don't really like it. My young grandson actually shared with me that he likes to watch videos of kids playing with toys, which to me is like, wow, really? So we don't have to buy you the toy, we'll just hook you up with the video. You can watch another kid play with the toy and maybe it's just a new way to shop. In the news, there's a girl that, I think she's five years old, and she figured out that she needed her mom's fingerprint to get into the smartphone so she could make some purchases for the things that she wanted. I'm not telling you kids that you should do this. You should not do it at all. But her mother discovered that her daughter had taken her finger, so mom's asleep. Daughter comes, puts her finger on the phone, gets access, and goes and orders, I don't know how much, $250 worth of toys that she wanted and was pretty proud of herself that she had taken care of Christmas shopping. Don't have to worry about it, Mom. already took care of it, bought everything you need. Thanks. I think that's really a bad idea. That's not going to bring anybody joy necessarily. It's a fun story. Happiness can be temporary, can be conditional. Now, kids, they want toys or puppies or horses or whatever, and that can be a lot of fun for a long time. Adults would like to have their bills paid off, a new car, all these other things, you know. But joy is the thing that goes beyond happiness. Joy is the thing that helps you to cope when things don't go your way. You always think, I'll be happy when this happens. If this happens, I'll be happy. If I could just get these kids to graduate from from preschool, oh, I'd be so happy. Or if I get these kids to graduate from elementary school or junior high or senior high, if I could just get them through college, then I'd be happy. But it's always a moving target, and there's never any real true happiness. A new car will bring you happiness for a while, but eventually it gets tired, it gets worn, a new model comes out. You park it at the grocery store, and somebody puts a dent in the door. Not really your big source of joy, but joy comes from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Joy comes by focusing on others instead of yourself. Joy comes on putting others first and thinking about about them. A definition of joy, joy is the unshakable assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, that everything will be all right, and the determined purpose to praise God in all things. So we think that, you know, if only, then everything would be okay. But sometimes God leaves us in if-only land. Uh, what is that game? Candyland, where you get stuck in the molasses swamp or something like that until you roll doubles or something like that. Just remember one of those games being stuck forever with the kids. I like to play some board games, but I hate playing Payday. My kids, when they were young, they like, oh, this is so fun. I'm like, this is real life. It's like, huh, all right, I just got paid and now I'm giving all the money to the dentist. Oh, I just got paid and now I have to pay for all this. How is this fun? This is like normal, real life. Got anything else you can play? Something a little more exciting? To be focused on joy is one of the greatest things that we can do. In the few minutes I have, I'd just like to share a thought that I have about joy. And that's that. What is joy? Number one, if you want joy, you need Jesus. Two, you need to focus on others. And then you think about you. So not you is not first. If you put you first, 
you'd end up with something else besides joy. But we often end up with joy when we serve others, when we have a ministry and we care for others, when we find ways to invest in others, when we make a sacrifice on our own so that someone else can be successful or to have what they need. We often find joy in that, more joy than we would find if we just sought after happiness. And sometimes we just want to give everything to our kids and we just want to buy them everything and do everything for them, but it doesn't necessarily make them the strong, quality, character kids that we want to raise up if we do everything for them or give everything to them or don't make them earn things. But then again, we need to reward them and to praise them, compliment them. There needs to be a balance there, but Jesus needs to be first. Jesus needs to be first. As you know, God loved the world so much that He gave His only one and only Son, and whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And that is a verse that I think we all know. That was the first Bible verse that I was ever paid to memorize. When my parents got remarried and my new step, I was staying with my new step-grandparents, my grandpa told me I had a sin problem, but I could be forgiven. And it kind of blew me away because I think I was like maybe eight or so. And I'm like, you don't even know me. And you're already saying I have a sin problem? He tried to explain that over and over again. And he paid me a quarter to memorize each Bible verse. And I'm sure you kids are like, a quarter? What are you going to do with that? But back then, you could really do something with a quarter. I mean, it was a good wage for memorizing Bible verses. So I memorized a lot of Bible verses and got a lot of quarters. And that's the one of the first ones I ever memorized in the King James Version. And Romans 5.8 says, God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So Jesus is first. God sent Jesus. God wants Jesus in your life, and God wants you to share Jesus with others. So you kids, you're hearing about Jesus now. It's new information. But for some of you adults, you've heard about Jesus before. Maybe you've heard about Jesus in different ways or in a religious kind of way, or uh, you just have to do good things and then Jesus will like you. But no, you need to hear the correct message that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and He rose again. And by believing in Him, upon Him, placing your faith in Him, that you can be saved and have that personal relationship with Jesus. It's not you making yourself right with Jesus. It's Jesus making everything right. You come into a relationship, and then He'll help you change into the person He really wants you to be. And I promise you, when you are becoming the person that Jesus really wants you to be, you will experience joy and fulfillment in life and purpose. And you might not have everything you thought would bring you happiness, but when you're walking hand in hand with Jesus, even when you lack certain material goods, even when you don't have all that you think that you wanted, you can still experience joy and share joy with others. Because it's not about how much you get, it's who you go through life with. And going through life with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ brings joy. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. The gift of Jesus And Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 said, God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So we have this opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ by admitting that we're sinners, acknowledging that He died on the cross and rose again, and that He wants to have this relationship. He wants to save us. And we can enter into that relationship by asking a prayer, something like this, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please come into my life and save me. Forgive me of my sin. Make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you. And by confessing that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, it says you'll be saved. But then it says, so you can't take credit for what God's doing in your life. You can't take credit 
for living the Christian life. You can't say once the Lord's working in your life, once the Holy Spirit's empowering you, once you're doing great things for God, you don't go, look at me. Turns out God really needed me. Turns out that God couldn't do it without me. Instead, it's like, I can't believe God is using me. I can't believe that God is helping me. I can't believe that he saved me so I could be in this relationship and I can't brag on it. I can't brag on me. I can't boast about me, but I can boast about what Jesus is doing in my life, about what I used to be and who I am now, about how he's changed my life, about how he's in my life. And if you're a kid, you might think, well, I haven't done anything that's that sinful, but that's fine. You have to realize that sin is doing anything outside of God's will and we're all born with sin. So even at a young age, you can come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and keep growing in Him. And you can even be like the missionary ambassador person that shares Christ at your school, in your neighborhood, on your sports team. There's this magazine called Sports Spectrum Magazine, and it highlights a lot of these Christian athletes and how they're sharing their faith on their team and stuff. And if your kid's into sports, I highly suggest you get them an issue to Sports Spectrum Magazine. But So we don't boast about it. We come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it is a great resource that we have. It's better than an insurance policy. So sometimes we have health insurance policies, which our work pays for, and we take it for granted, or we pay for it ourselves, and it's so expensive. We're like, somehow I'm getting my money out of this. Somehow I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find some, some service to be done to try to justify this, or we're paying for it on our own. Uh, when our company's paying for it, sometimes we take it for granted. And when you have insurance and you don't use it, the insurance company loves that, but sometimes you have all these benefits that you don't take advantage of. Sometimes you have all these advantages that are out there that you don't use. Uh, when I found out that uh, AAA not only would tow my car, but if I was riding my bicycle like 50 miles away from home and I broke down, I, I like calling my wife, but one time I called her, I was around Lake Minnetonka and I got a flat tire I couldn't fix and it cost me an expensive dinner at Maynard's. So... Uh, now I can just call AAA and it's already paid for it So uh, with the service and they'll just bring me back home. So, But if my wife wants to go out to dinner, we could do that too. So others, we want to focus on others. So Jesus is number one and then others. John 13, 34, Jesus said, I'm giving you a new command to love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. A disciple is a fully devoted follower of Christ. Somebody that's all in. Somebody that wants to be on Jesus' team. Somebody that wants to serve and follow Jesus. Philippians 2.3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. So it doesn't matter what age you are. Are you thinking of others more than yourselves? If you're on the playground and you're playing, do you think about others? Sure, you want to score. Sure, you want to be victorious and stuff. But are you thinking about your teammates at work? Are you thinking about your coworkers? Are you thinking about other people in your neighborhood? Are you thinking about your family, extended family? What could you do at Christmas time? to show others that you care for them and that Jesus loves them. Put others first. And then um, 2 Corinthians 9.13 talks about ministry. So, of course, a pastor is in ministry, a missionary is in ministry, but every one of us are supposed to be in ministry, making disciples, telling people about Jesus, helping them to grow. Maybe you want to get involved in an official ministry by like hosting a small group Bible study at your house or serving in kids' ministry or youth ministry or helping us set up or uh, there's other areas that you can... Music ministry, we'd love to have more worship leaders and more music musicians and singers and stuff. So if you can kind of sing, we'd love to have you. So uh, Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Is that right? Can we, can we do, go with joyful noises to the Lord? 
once or twice, and then they'll just turn the microphone down. And All right, but as a result of your ministry, so think about what is it that is your ministry? Maybe you minister to coworkers. Maybe you minister to others. Hopefully you're ministering to your kids, grandkids. For your generosity to them and all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. So, I mean, think about it. Are there people praising God for you? Are you going to give somebody something or do something for somebody and they're going to praise God and thank God for you? They're going to, they're, at night maybe, before they end the day, they're going to say, thank you, Lord, so much for, and insert your name, for sharing with me, for caring for me, for calling me, for helping me, for fill in the blank, putting others first. People will praise God for it. What a great thing. And then finally, you. You. And we always want to think about us first, right? In James 1.17, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word and we out of all creation became His pride possessions. And if you look in that passage, in that context, it's talking about temptation. And it's talking about things that might drag you down or set you uh, up to fall. Temptation is a terrible thing. And one of the cures to temptation is putting God first and remembering that what God gives you as you pray for it is sufficient. Whatever is good and perfect comes from God. You should thank Him for that. When you're tempted to take shortcuts, when you're tempted to not trust God, when you're tempted to say, well, I I just have to have this job and I can't participate in church anymore because I have to work every Sunday. You should pray and trust God for better hours or a better job or ask your employer if you can come in like at one or something like that. But to put God first and to trust Him for His provision. And if it's not enough, are you asking? The Bible says we often have not because we ask not. Sometimes we ask for things that God doesn't want to give us because He knows that it will pull us away from Him. And sometimes, kids, God won't give you certain things that you think you want because it's not in your best interest. He has a better plan, a greater plan for you. So you should do all that you can as a student, as a child, to pray and ask God what His will is and how He wants you to follow Him and what's a good use of your time, a good use of your choices. The greatest commandment, Jesus was asked, what is it? And Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important, to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you are doing that, if you're following the Lord in that way, He will provide you with stuff that you need. He'll answer prayers. He'll help you find that friend or that girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife or whatever it is. As you pray and ask and wait, sometimes you got to wait, God can provide that person in amazing ways. God can provide what you need, or maybe He doesn't want you to have that person. He wants you to focus on your relationship with Him and to be uh, content in the circumstance that you're in at this time. Uh, I often like to tell people that are looking for a husband or a wife or whatever that they need to focus on becoming the man or woman of God that they need to be so that God can bring that right person in your life. So you need to focus on becoming all that you need to be, and then at the right time, God can bring that person. Psalm 119 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, which is great. This is why kids should memorize Scripture, and we should too. And then finally, and I'm done here, take delight in the Lord, and He'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. Psalm 37. So just think about that at Christmas time. It's really first about Jesus, then it's about others, then you. God cares for you. God wants to provide for you. God wants to do great things in your life. 
but you need to first come into a personal relationship with him to be saved, and then you need to follow after his will, to be patient, to be content, and to be asking for the things that you want and need, and then being thankful for those deals, Jesus, others, and you. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. We meet 10 a.m. Sundays at Chatfield Elementary School on 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.